So I, I was going to ask you, uh, mm-hmm. have you ever heard of toxoplasmosis? Holy moly. No, I haven't. What is that? So, well, you know, there's a song from Death Kill Overdrive called Toxoplasmosis. Oh. So Toxoplasmosis, you know how, like you mentioned that that album uh, seemed to be a lot about cats? Yeah. Well, it turns out (laughs) Toxoplasmosis results from an infection with a common parasite found in cat feces and contaminated food. Wow. And so... This thing is also called now I'm trying to find it's I believe it's called like the like kind of like the mind control disease or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Like a like a parasite. So yeah, Toxoplasma gondi, which is the parasite. Uh (laughs) it um exerts a strange sort of mind control. Oh, mind control on rodents. Wow. So maybe it doesn't do it, but humans can definitely get it. Wow. It, so it's it says right here, and this is in the on science.org. I, I looked it up and uh so toxoplasmosis um also I believe can cause human beings to uh engage in risky behavior. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. So it like and when I say risky behavior, I don't mean like it's like, oh, you're going to just like yell at your parents or something and leave the house. It's like you're going to jump off a building or something mm. and just not think about the consequences or something like that. I think I read somewhere that that was kind you can, of you a could slide um, across the floor in your socks and a dress shirt and sunglasses. And uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah risky. That's, that's some risky business. <laughs> yeah, that, that's some risky business right there, man. Ugh. That's mm-hmm. that Tom Cruise doing that, right? Yeah. Am I am I wrong? Two about that? Old records old to show. to Accelerator Thrust, where we discuss and review underground, experimental, and extreme music with a focus on the Iowa and Midwest music scene, as well as uh, feline diseases. Yeah, mostly has to do with cats and Cheap Trick, which I gotta say, is probably somebody's perfect podcast. Yeah, Cheap Trick and Cats. Somebody maybe, out Maybe there. only one person out there but you know shit they might be listening and they're just and they just died just died in your arms tonight (laughs) (laughs) yeah you just never know hey i wanted i I did want to talk about something real quick though before we Mm -hmm. got into our 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 picks Mm -hmm. so this is related i kind of want to roll back a little bit on um something from last episode and uh Mm -hmm. well so I, I re-listened to Haploid again. Yeah. And so I wanted to um I wanted to kind of like mention or I wanted to talk about because you and I both had really kind of radically different takes on, on yeah. Haploid. Mm-hmm. And so I was curious just to hear it again with my ears. 
Um, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, because good place to start. <laughs> yeah, some sometimes I like to listen without my ears. Yeah, but I decided to put them on what? for this what? specifically. <laughs> and you know what? I um I gotta say that like it still reminded me of the stuff that I talked about. Yeah, but I actually for whatever reason i don't know why upon second listen mm -hmm. i see where you're coming from with your take on it way more mm. the second time around which is odd because it really does have like a electronic tube way army sort of feel to it but here's what i think it is okay. more than anything the reason why it's also sounds kind of alternative rock to me or whatever yeah is i think it has to do with the singer's voice more than anything which mm -hmm. i think is awesome the singer's voice just really has it it's i don't know it's it it hits different than most like sort of new wave no wave electronic projects and for some reason i guess that was taking front and center stage in my mind during like my review hmm. so i got you i i can see that the thing was though i really it wasn't a far jump for me to think that uh they also sounded you know a lot like uh bow wow wow in a way mm -hmm. or you know stuff like that so yeah it's funny to land in a spot where vocally someone sounds like bow wow wow and Perry Farrell, yeah, or Jane's Addiction, yeah. you know. So that's, it, it is really cool. No, I just um, I wanted to uh, kind of uh, address that real quick, just because um, I thought it was really interesting. That may have been the most um, apart we were on mm -hmm. like um, because we there have been other other releases where we saw things differently, but I would say yeah. that that was probably the most radically different that we had. Like, you know, it's yeah. Yeah, you know what's funny? I think hmm. this week, one of the picks, we're going to have the same scenario. You think so? Yeah, I really do. Uh, I would be really, really interested in... Yeah. I, I can, I can kind of guess which one it will be. Well, you know, actually, all three of them are probably in contention for that happening. Yeah, but, uh, quite possibly. Yeah, quite sure. possibly. Um, well, speaking of that, I guess there's no better time and no better segue than to get started with the records. Wouldn't you Might say? As well. Yeah. I mean, we, 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 we accidentally just started. <laughs> Come on, everybody. It's record time. So our first pick is by an artist called play that boy Zay. And that's all one word. Um, and the it's, it's considered an album. It's called nocturnal. The reason I say that is it's only about 16 minutes long. The first track is definitely sort of a atmospheric sort of intro track. And the last track is a remix from of another track on the album. So with that being said, I think there's really only about four songs on here. But uh, I was pretty blown away by it. So much so that I've probably listened to this 10 times in the last week and a half. And, be, you know, since it's only 16 minutes long, that... That isn't quite as much of a commitment as usual, but I just keep finding myself wanting to put it on and listen to it because it just kind of hits different than other things I've heard yet is really familiar too. Anyway, it's sort of an intense, dark, heavy, horrorcore kind of thing. 
I think that it has other elements in it, though, too. What really drew me to it, of course, was the horror element of it all. But there's an intensity to the uh, delivery that's pretty cool. And I'm sure Dan's going to have way more examples of other people that, you know, might sound like this. I, you know, my experience with hip hop, it may be long, but it's shallow. <laughs> so, you know, I, I've only, you know, it's not really my my wheelhouse. But elements I really liked of this were there was a really big nod to like chopped and screwed hip hop, which I I love. And I think it had its moment. It kind of flared up, was real popular. And then it became sort of, it became passe a little bit. And I don't think people did it after a certain point as much. But this definitely has elements of it. And that's awesome for me. It's, like I said, really heavy, dense production, trappy drums. It's a trap. It's something else that separates it a little bit from a lot of horrorcore, just real trappy hi-hats the whole time the music itself is really kind of like swirling and disorienting and ominous it's always kind of just a a dread uh anxious feeling uh i do find it to be super thorough and intentional which is actually what drew me to chopped and screwed stuff in the first place it's like you have these really long songs where seemingly nothing changes but if you listen close, pretty much every bar has some element of call and response or something that they put a delay on or or there's just an added element. And it's always uh, you can tell someone sat down and listened to it and every step of the way. They were like, OK, let's put something else weird in there. I'm going to get real weird with it. Let's put something else in there that's going to mess with people. And I think that comes through in this. Um, yeah, just really cool samples and sounds just across the board. Like I said, it's it's really short. You might as well listen to it uh, and see if you like it. Things that I know of that it reminded me of, like I said, this may not even be applicable, but like uh, Dilek, uh, OG Ron C, who is probably my favorite chopped and screwed artist. I just think it's really irreverent and creepy and just really heavy. And then, you know, standard stuff, three, six mafia, grave diggers, six feet, feet. stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I really like the delivery. I like the um, presentation of the whole thing. I found it to just be really intense and off putting in its own way, like on purpose, like it's trying to make you feel pretty uncomfortable. And I think it does it really well. So yeah. What'd you think, Dan? Um, yeah, I, I really, I really enjoyed this. Um, I like you, Eric, I, I kind of like the fact that it was a little, as you put it off putting and a little, um, uneasy cause it definitely does sound like, um, anxiety. Like it sounds like a, mm -hmm. pretty much an audio form of anxiety, which I think this style of music, um, kind of does anyway. And that's, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that it's, unoriginal because i think there's plenty on this that is original to me i i would definitely say um it, it has some horror core vibes for sure uh the beats are fantastic i really like the the darkness and the sort of grittiness of this kind mm -hmm. of stuff i would also say like you know sort of like trap metal mm -hmm. um it reminds me a lot of that and uh 
this seems to really kind of be the um, sort of big thing. And uh, I guess you could say underground rap nowadays. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what is considered underground and mainstream anymore yeah. in <laughs> hip hop, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think that those worlds have collided so much at this point that it's, there's almost no underground or mainstream. It's almost just like it's, it's rap, it's hip hop, it's, it's boom bap, it's whatever, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's horrorcore, core, whatever is out there, you know? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think that it was a really great uh, conceptual sort of, sort of listen. And it just, um, I, I really liked the, the fact that it, it was just kind of like in your face. It was really short. It, it did its job. And mm-hmm. before you knew it, it was over with it. Kind of like, these types of releases kind of remind me of like punk rock, you know, right. like early hardcore punk in that sense. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of the, in a lot of cases, that's sort of the um, idea that they're going for. You can definitely tell that a lot of these newer rappers are influenced by hardcore punk and sort of like uh, metal. You hear a mm-hmm. lot of metal influences yeah. in this kind of thing. Um, the only complaint that I have, and it's not this release and it's not even really a complaint. It's just kind of like, sometimes I think that the flows kind of sound a little samey. Um, you know, like when you start comparing, when you start listening to like other artists, but that's mm-hmm. not a bad thing anyway, because I listen to a lot of what you would consider indie backpacker rap. And to be honest with you, mm-hmm. Um, as much as maybe some hip hop elitists want to say that that stuff is more original, um, you can definitely compare like, for example, Wu-Tang Clan to like Mob Deep or Nas, or, you know, you can definitely compare like Aesop Rock's flow to like LP's flow in, at times. And right. so it's not, you know what I mean? So it's, that's such a minor gripe that it's not, you know, I wouldn't even consider it like a complaint because overall, I think this is just a fantastic project. And is it something that I would listen to on repeat? Probably not all Mm -hmm. the time, but I could find myself coming back to this every couple of months and being like, Oh yeah, this is, this was really cool. This is that thing that Eric had me, you know, listen mm-hmm. to for an episode of Accelerator Thrust, which that has happened with a lot of releases. Uh, yeah. One um one artist in particular this really reminded me of was Mimi Barks. Yeah. Which sure. is another one that uh, you introduced me to, Eric, as well as Ghost Main, which is also another one that hmm. you introduced me to. So I kind of, I, I see like, uh, I kind of, you know, again, that's sort of like that trap metal kind of stuff, I guess yeah. you could say. But I also heard um, a lot of, I don't know, like some insane clown pots going on. I heard hmm. a little bit of like, yeah, like you said, grave diggers. Yeah. Also, I think, and you mentioned this group as well, and I think I've mentioned this on the show before. I think that just the sheer volume of artists that are kind of doing this sort of thing and each of them sort of have their own take I think kind of solidifies, and this is just an opinion from me, certifies a take that I have, which is that I think that it might be possible that three, six mafia is perhaps the most influential rap Mm -hmm. group of all time. 
perhaps in terms of just like yeah production and style because i think what they were doing on their first album mm-hmm. mystic styles which is all the way back in what 93 or something <laughs> really sounds ahead of its time because it mm-hmm. sounds it, it you could fast forward to now and it could exist as a new release amongst all of these rappers it would not sound dated in any mm-hmm. way whatsoever another thing that's really remind reminded me of and this might surprise you a little bit yeah um there was a record that you mentioned by little ugly main mm-hmm. um which that is totally different than what little ugly main started out as and he yeah. started out as kind of like sort of this in this genre this genre right. of like sort of trap metal rap mm-hmm. so like his early stuff I, I heard a lot of that going on here as well. But overall, Play That Boys A is an original artist. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Also, Denzel Curry is on mm-hmm. uh, right. a track, Poison Clan, which I think is the best track on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also the one that's remixed. Right. And both versions are just killer. And Denzel Curry is... Um, a modern hip hop artist that I think is doing some really cool stuff. So me too. And I only found it because of this, which is something that I find really cool. Like how hip hop records usually have a lot of guests on there. It's like, wow, mm-hmm. if you like that section or you like that voice or you like whoever produced that track or whatever, then you can go seek them out. And I think that's right. really cool. So yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's more so than like rock artists. Um, yeah. you see that you see a lot of collaboration happening in rap more than probably any other genre. And you can definitely discover like different artists just from listening to a certain artist's catalog. So mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. All right. So now my pick, uh, which I don't know if you thought that I was joking or not, Eric, but you, uh, sent me a, uh, a message about your pick and said, Oh, my pick is only 16 minutes long. <laughs> right. And then I responded and said, well, my pick has a song that's 16 minutes long. <laughs> yeah. And, and I wasn't joking. No. <laughs> there's, there's actually a 16 minute song on this, on this album out of what is it? 13 songs, 14 songs. I don't there's even a, know. A few. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few. <laughs> this is a, actually a pretty long record. It's mm-hmm. from this band called Hey Colossus. The name of this uh, album is Dances Curse slash Curses, and they are a band from London, England. And um, a good friend of mine by the name of John, John. Uh, sent me recommendations to listen to this band. And so I did. And I was just from the minute I heard this thing. Personally, I was blown away by it. It is um, very ethereal. Ethereal ethereal yes and otherworldly sounding um however it does get heavy from time to time it's 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 a very it's got a very sort of hypnotic feel to it at times um i feel like a lot of the composition at least in the first half of the record is centered around the baseline there's a lot of um i feel songs that kind of move from the rhythm of it if that makes any sense mm-hmm. and there is sort of an element of repetition which i think sort of plays in in part of the hypnotic effect and if it, at first it's kind of you sort of think that 
okay, they're just kind of repeating the same part over and over again. But if you listen to each instrument kind of individually, you'll hear that things are building up and things are, you know, uh, falling down and things are just kind of happening differently with sort of like each instrument, it sort of seems like. Um, and the guitar notes, I think, are often kind of very staccato and sort of stop start rhythms which kind of puts me in mind of like sort of like math rock um kind of like a fagazi ish type thing in some areas and it definitely has like a like a post-rock feel to it but then it also is i think it's got quite a bit of a psychedelic thing kind of going on as well there's definitely some stoner rock metal influence in there also um another band that i feel kind of does this sort of i i wouldn't say they sound like them really in almost any way but i do think that a band that has the same feeling i guess you could say when you're listening to them as tool especially like some of the bass playing mm -hmm. some of the rhythm section kind of reminds me of that I guess mathy sort of way that Danny Carey and uh, Justin Chancellor play in Tool as well. Mm -hmm. I think that there's some really gorgeous guitar tones going on here. Um, I really like the singer's voice, which reminds me a lot of Josh Homme from Queens of the Stone Age. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, a lot, maybe mixed a little bit even at times with, um, I don't know, Jonah from Far or even. Mm -hmm even Bajas a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, it's There's a lot of different elements going on, but I think that it's, they, they've got a very, um, you can tell that they, they knew where they were going with it. So they definitely have a sound, like a, a pretty much hammered out sound, for lack of a better way to describe it. I think if you heard this and you knew you were familiar with, hey, Colossus, you could say, oh, this this sounds like, hey, Colossus, you know, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. So the things that this really reminded me of, again, Queens of the Stone Age, a little bit of Fugazi, more so because of the, the bass lines um, than anything else, but also Tool, because, again, because of the bass lines. So, I mean, it's kind of, I, I sort of, I sort of just kind of feel like this, post-rock slash psychedelic metal thing kind of going on and Bajas a little bit. Uh, you know, there's definitely sort of a goth element to it as well. And then I would also say probably mostly what this reminds me of is the post-rock stuff like Far and Failure. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely a, a psychedelic stoner rock thing happening as well. I just think it goes a lot of different places. I think the songwriting is really impressive and I think it really kind of it does a good job of kind of taking you to different places. Um, at least for me, it did. Uh, what did you think, Eric? Yeah, this was what I was talking about earlier, where I felt like we might have sort of differing views on things. Mm -hmm. Although your description actually wasn't that far different. It's more just the examples. Sure. Uh, if that makes any sense. So, yeah, I totally heard Tool... I totally heard uh, Queens of the Stone Age, uh, Far, things like that that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And also uh, Mark Lanigan is on one song as a oh, guest yes, vocalist. I, for I forgot to mention so about that. That led me to 
realize that it, this is probably sort of a psychedelic metal or at least hard rock album Absolutely. conceptually. But what I heard was pretty different. Okay, so the music, like Dan said, they're like long, heavy, sleepy, psychedelic kind of stuff. But, okay, so I've mentioned on here before, when I was in high school, my friends and I were referred to as corn chips. So, yeah, that's actually what it reminded me of, was what I consider corn chip music. And let me expound on that, because it probably doesn't mean anything to anyone. So there's this sort of nexus in almost exclusively English music from the mid-80s through, like, the early 90s until grunge killed everything uh, and it was sort of this nexus where things like shoegaze and goth and dream pop and post-punk kind of all came together and there were you know the heavy end of things and then the, the, there was a lot like the lighter end of things but they all had this very rhythmic just driving drum stuff while having kind of heavy psychedelic guitars a lot of feedback a lot of you know delays and things like that like shoegaze but maybe a little more uh poppy even or even more rockish depending on which way you go but yeah tons of guitar tons of feedback strong repetitious kind of sturdy rhythms you know holding the songs up uh really mellow yet theatrical vocals um and just sort of like driving and building endlessly like the songs just sort of continue on you know and they're just have that energy the whole time uh and so yeah i totally agree with what dan said about this record too but i think there's this other element of it and now knowing they're from england it makes perfect sense that that Kind of, those kind of ideas might permeate, you know, what they're doing a little bit, even if their approach is we're going to make a psychedelic metal, you know, like this isn't that far off. So I guess what I'm saying is if you like either of those things, this is going to fall somewhere in the middle. And, and I think it was really cool. It was pretty surprising once I realized, uh, what i was hearing in it because the first three songs i'm like okay i guess this is heavy metal but it was like it was just or like hard rock or whatever or stoner metal even but it wasn't you know it was this other thing my brain was like that's not quite it keep digging and then yeah it just kind of took me back to um you know times in high school where you'd be at parties you know and it'd be like the goths or whatever and that this is very similar to the kind of music that would always be playing in the background. So uh, some examples of that would be like Love and Rockets, uh, which lends itself directly to Dan saying Bauhaus. I mean, they're they're pretty much one and the same. I mean, Love and Rockets got a little poppier, but um, yeah, so Love and Rockets, Ride, Mighty Lemon Drops, uh, Killing Joke would be at the heavier end of all that, uh, Jesus and Mary Chain, you know, Echo and the Bunnymen, somewhere where all those things sort of come together um and so i was really surprised by this and really enjoyed it so 
I don't know. Good pick. <laughs> yeah, that really makes sense. I, I agree with your assessment as well, Eric. Yeah. I think um, I think it kind of exists in both camps for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's kind of one of those records that both metalheads and mm-hmm. art music fans can enjoy. <laughs> like, yeah. for lack of a better way to describe right. it. Yeah, the other side of that though is I this is the first Hey Colossus I've ever heard. So yeah. a lot of times if you're coming into a band blind and you're hearing any record that's not the first couple, it's mm-hmm. hard to know what it came from. And therefore, like this may be a direct chronological linear evolution from Mm -hmm. something that i have no idea about like something really really metal oriented Mm -hmm. this could have easily evolved from that and i wouldn't have that foundation to know that you know what i mean so that's another thing i want to go back and and hear the rest of it so yeah me as well me as well It, it definitely was an interesting listen for sure this local pick that we've got um for this episode is um i mean if you i think if you looked up interesting in the dictionary i think that um a picture of this album should be the definition (laughs) um grandfather confusion welcome this is a um solo project of one of my good friends from the quad cities from uh i think he's from davenport but i don't know he might be from moline Anyway, he's from either the Iowa or Illinois side of the Quad Cities. I'm not sure. Steve Mall, he is hands down one of my favorite musicians, one of my favorite people that I've met in the Quad Cities, from the Quad Cities, or or really just anywhere. Um, He's just a really, really great guy, and he's also just an insanely talented musician and songwriter and composer. Um, He currently plays drums in the band Mountain Swallower, also from the Quad Cities, but he's also uh, played drums in several bands throughout the years. Um, The first time I met him was, I think, probably, what, 12 years ago, maybe. He was playing drums in this band called Comfort from the Quad Cities. Uh, He's also filled in on drums for PSYOP, uh, before uh, for at least a couple of shows i think mm. he's been doing this project grandfather confusion for quite a quite a while now and um the way he's been doing it is he would just kind of go into the studio and knock out a few tracks with his friends and um put them out usually four or five song batches i think maybe a couple of them throughout the years have had like nine or 10 songs. And then he would just kind of put them out on CDR and also put them on Bandcamp. And uh, this year he decided to basically reissue all the old grandfather confusion uh, releases um, and put them in these really nice packages. And um, I actually purchased some of them and uh, also um him and Jessica Zelinsky, who is his partner, they um, put together a zine, a Grandfather Confusion zine, which was really cool as well. He also put out this record, which is basically like a um, sort of a greatest hits called Welcome. Uh, there's 20 tracks here. So it is a pretty lengthy listen, but it is 
so worth it if you sit down and give yourself the time to dig through it. There's there's some old stuff on here and some new stuff that was just recorded in 2022 on here as well. I'm not 100% sure what the tracks were that were recorded in 2022. Um, but I can say if you wanted to pretty much just call this a grandfather confusion album, you could easily do that. There's so, so many different things that Steve does compositionally. Um, I feel like his vision is always really uh, fascinating and the way that he approaches songwriting, there's a lot of different influences and things that he touches on, but overall at the end of the day, he does it in this way that for the most part doesn't come off as like overly, like I guess trying to be weird or whatever, because there's always like a killer hook that he always seems to like throw in to songs one way or another. Then all of a sudden there there's like certain songs where there will be these sudden changes and you're just like, wow, okay, where did, where did this come from? Like, Legitimately, there are some songs here that sound like Weezer meets Today is the Day, <laughs> which is like something mm-hmm. something is that's really difficult to like imagine until you listen to Grandfather Confusion. It's it's almost impossible to think of like straight up comparisons because I feel like he just goes in so many directions. Some of it really reminds me, and I've told him this before. Some of it really reminds me of like Ben Lee and Noise Addict and stuff like that. Um, and then some of it really reminds me of like Disco Volante by Mr. Bungle. Some of it Melvin's, like I mentioned, today is the day. I also think there's a huge like sort of ween butthole surfers thing. But overall, it's totally something that is Steve's creation. And you can just really tell he has a lot of passion for it you know because there's there's always some interesting stuff the other thing that i really like about it is the collaborative aspect because um he's even told me himself that if he had to do all of these records just by himself including the recording playing all the instruments and everything they would come out radically different than what they how they have come out and so you can also hear you know, like Andrew Stewart Klein has played on a few tracks with Steve over the years. And, you know, there's just a bunch of like Devin Alexander, who's in this band called Gallows. He was also um, in the postmortems. He lent his hand uh, to, I believe the production and also uh, some of the instruments on some of these songs. You can hear other people's input and influence like Steve is not afraid to let that kind of creep in. And and that's another thing that I really appreciate uh, about Steve is you can definitely tell he's all about collaboration and sort of, I think that uh, one of the most impressive things about it too, is that I think that he sort of will start and you can, you can hear this a lot in it. He'll start maybe the song to kind of go a certain way and then end up in a completely different place. And I think you can tell that just from the level of collaboration that's 
involved in some of these songs. But again, uh, if you like really melodic stuff like like Weezer, Ben Lee, a little bit of hum, maybe some some shoegazy elements, but then also some pretty crazy like metal influences going on as well. Um, yeah, I, I think you would really, really enjoy this. And um, yeah, you can just go, you can go to grandfatherconfusion.bandcamp.com and uh, take a listen and uh, enter the world of Steve Mall. Uh, what did you think, Eric? I thought it was awesome. Uh, my, my question Mm-hmm. For you, Dan, uh, mm-hmm. is this chronological? I don't is... think so. Okay. But you'd really honestly have to ask Steve or we'll have to ask Steve when we have him on. <laughs> I, I don't think it is, though. I Let think the cat um, out of the bag. No, I know. Uh, hey, uh, we don't want people to know that we're going to have this totally awesome guy on yeah. our show. Yeah. Pretty soon. Um, pretty soon. Um, no, I don't think it is. And I, it seems to me that when I'm listening to it, it seems to me like it's kind of just a sort of a scattered, you know, like order of various things he's done throughout the years. But mm-hmm. I don't know cool. that for sure. Yeah. Um, because the reason I ask is it sort of moves as if it's chronological. Yeah, and um, it very well, it very well could be. There's and, very much a possibility of that. And but you know that it might also be just like the human mind's uh, pension for finding connections, you know, and finding I don't know meaning and patterns and stuff like that. Like I might have listened to it knowing it was a collection and thinking, well, they're probably going to start with the old stuff. So, right. I don't know. Yeah. But um, one of the things I really liked about what you had to say about it was the first thing that I had written down about this was kind of like Weezer if they leaned into the rock element right. more. Right. But I don't think that's accurate. I think it's an element, but I don't think it's everything by any means. Because then it gets. As it goes on, it gets kind of sludgy and heavy. There's a couple songs that like legit are stoner metal, doom metal, yeah. even like just through and through. And then it gets into like it starts to let out into like some more like strange indie sort of territory. I don't know, like like neutral milk hotel or something. Like mm, yes, and it it's all these elements, but it's not losing any of those previous elements. It's just adding new things. So it, it starts to get, I don't know. I don't want to say confusing, not only because that would be a bad pun, but because (laughs) it's not actually confusing, it's really cohesive. And it's like the more elements that get added to it, the more it seems to just sort of be um, like realizing like a realization you know, like it is starting or like self-realization, you know, like the more elements that get added, the closer it is to what it is. I don't know how to explain that, but mm-hmm. because then it, it it starts to kind of turn into like nervous. I don't even know, like pop. Uh, breakdown. Yeah. Nervous breakdowns. <laughs> no, like uh, like Brainiac. I don't know how to oh, describe yeah. Brainiac, yes. so I don't really know how to describe it in this scenario. But especially vocally, 
and like when they do the lower vocals in Brainiac or, mm-hmm. or like the machine kind of vocals that has an element of that. Um, and then, like I said, then back again, like it, it's all of those things. And I don't know how else to say it, but the more things that get added, the more succinct it feels. And I know that is counterintuitive, but, uh, but yeah, I think it, it's really cool how that works. And ultimately the only, I'll name a couple other bands that remind they reminded me of or are somewhat similar to or something. But when it came down to it, I felt like it was somewhere between the Pulsars and Godflesh. Mm. And I don't know how else to say that. <laughs> like like I, I feel his voice really did sound similar to the singer of the Pulsars when it was in that mode. Um, but he also sounded a bit like uh, Justin Broderick when it was in that mode, you know, Hmm. and I don't know. Uh, And even musically, like, I think it could fall between those two extremes, but yeah, it's a really cool collection. And it does make me want to go back and start at the beginning and figure out where these things changed or what the connective sort of tissue is that I found it to be just really really cool like really poppy in its own way and then yet really heavy and uh dissonant and also just otherworldly in a lot of ways i don't know how else to say that i know humans made it but at the same time i'm not thoroughly convinced of that uh yeah (laughs) but yeah things that i could sort of hear in there I mean, maybe there are elements of Ween vocally. I'm not saying this is goofy like Ween at all, but some of the vocal effects. Uh, But but like I mentioned, Weezer, uh, Brainiac, but also, you know, variations of other things. Uh, Enon and Jaysu and, um, yeah, especially the song Rubber Car by Enon, um, which is the opener for the record Believo. And especially the vocals on the chorus of that song. I heard that sort of throughout this release. And um, yeah, Enon's one of those bands I don't get to talk about very often, but truly love them. And uh, so this was kind of similar to that in in its own way. But yeah, I'm excited to hear the rest of it. And I'm excited to ask some questions of, of Steve when we have him on. So so I just I just now realized something. What? Pulsar is Godflesh. Yeah. Weezer, today is the day. Right. Exactly. And then <laughs> I could also say Hum and uh-huh. the Melvins. Sure. Yeah, I, like, I can see it. There's so, when it comes down to it, Steve, if you're listening, and I know you will be, Ooh. Um, first of all, I love you. Aww. Secondly, you have crafted a power pop sludge metal masterpiece yeah (laughs) and there really is like no there i mean i can't really think of very many other groups or musical projects that i've ever been able to say sounds like ben lee and today is the day like it's it's amazing yeah for sure so it kind of like segues into this like thought that i had Uh oh I was thinking that it would be kind of funny to do a song, have this like really brooding beat in the background. Like I'm thinking like, you know, that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Uh 
And then we're talking to each other about bands. Like, what do you think of the Pixies? And then, you know, the other guy's like, I love the Pixies. Well, what do you think of Possum Dixon? I never heard of Possum Dixon. Well, what do you think of Avenge Sevenfold? You know, just like, let's <laughs> stop. Like that yeah. was going to be like twenty a 20 minute song. Isn't that kind of what band. we do on this show now? <laughs> that, except for the beat and also like we talk in our <clears throat> normal voices for the most part. Well, well we don't have to. We <laughs> we could start talking like this. I'm sure we'd pick up lots of listeners if this is how we talk. <laughs> hey, folks, are you into underground, experimental, or extreme music? Well, have I got the old podcast for you? <laughs> Great. Oh, God. Greetings, yeah. citizens. Do you, do you live in Iowa or love someone in Iowa? Yeah, they got a lot of good corn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you like the band corn or do you like the food corn? Don't matter. We got both of them here in Iowa. Wait, we have the band Corn here? <laughs> sometimes they've played here oh, before. Yeah, yeah, sometimes. I saw them once. In yeah. Iowa? Yeah. Really? It, it um, was with uh it was the most ill-conceived lineup I think I've ever <laughs> heard of. It was Corn <laughs> and then Marilyn Manson <laughs> and then Danzig. Damn! Okay, yep, yep. I heard about this. This this was kind so, of a legendary show, like in the nineties. It, yeah, it was kind of a big show. Uh, mm-hmm. It was funny though, because like every all of those groups were very much in their image at that moment, like right. very extremely. So like you had, I don't know, fifteen percent of the crowd wearing Adidas track suits, you know. Yeah. Uh, maybe forty percent dressed like spooky kids, you know, like mm-hmm. Marilyn Manson and makeup and everything. And then uh, the rest of them were all just like bikers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was well, it was solid. <laughs> so th- this would have been before Corn and Manson were both like super. Th- like this would have been like pre Antichrist superstar, I assume, and right. pre like the Corn's first album, probably because they were supporting the first album. Yeah, because yeah. they were still supporting. Well, so I would uh, guess ninety four, maybe. Okay, so that yeah, this this was even before Smells Like Children. It sounds uh-huh. like, yeah. wow. So like Manson was a Manson the first act, or was he the second? Second, one? I remember? He yeah. was okay. So Corn played first, and then mm-hmm. uh, okay, cool. That's it's crazy to think back to those times when there was a time when Corn, who became like one of the and Manson too, both became like in two years' time from that show. Mm-hmm. They became like arguably the two biggest acts in rock at that time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Way up like, there. Like 96, 97, you know, yeah. it's yeah. weird to think that at one time they were supporting Danzig of yeah, all who groups. almost became, who almost became sort of niche, you know? Right. Like, right. I, they were supporting, uh, it must've been, Shoot, I don't know which record came out at that time, but it was probably Lucifuge or How the Gods Kill. And yeah. so, and pretty much after those records, I don't think they were really a mainstream group anymore. No, not, not I, mean, I mean, they sold records, of course, but, you know, it is funny that they were the established big band at that concert. 
Sure. Yeah, it really is. And I mean, Corn and Manston were definitely the new, the yeah. new kids on the block. You know, and their versions of metal um, and hard rock really did probably play a huge part in, I don't want to well, say sure. demise, because I think I love Danzig and he can carry around all the kitty litter he wants and yeah. get knocked out all the time, whatever. I love him. I think he's great. And so he might get toxoplasmosis. Though. He, he might, he might, uh, you know, I think that they probably did play a pretty big part in him not being as popular. Oh, sure. Well, just and like, so, I mean, around yeah. that time, I mean, you, you know, it's weird when people talk about metal in the nineties mm-hmm. because there's sort of this consensus that metal was like dead in the nineties or something. And right. That's just not true. When you actually look at like, I mean, the black album was mm-hmm. every bit as big as maybe not as big, but pretty damn close to never mind, you know, in, in terms mm-hmm. of sales. And I mean, the, mo- the, hype for the black album continued for many many years you know sure mm-hmm. it's not like the black album ever like it's still selling records to this day you know for sure um yeah. so it's like it, it was a certain type of metal that just died like i think yeah i think hair metal died hair metal was what died and then also iron maiden for a few years was you know had some rough rough years during anything that was sort of like new wave of british heavy metal yeah or hair metal or even like thrash and things that represented the old kind of heavy metal didn't do very well but then anyone who sort of expanded a little bit or stretched out a little bit did pretty well you know well and pantera typo negative yeah pantera people forget people forget how huge pantera was in the 90s Uh, but like uh, crowbar anything all that's right yeah that's sort of like alternative metal but then then corn and manson who are both i mean i wouldn't consider manson part of the same scene as like corn i mean i definitely don't think manson was new metal by any stretch of the imagination and i think corn just kind of accidentally invented it you know what i mean um but like after that to say that metal was like dead in the 90s i mean how many bands do you need to know about deftones limp biscuit right regardless of the fact that maybe yeah some of them might have been rap metal but it was still metal mm-hmm. nonetheless sure it's like it's like the same thing that people talk about with rap like saying that like well like the artists we just reviewed today uh, play that boys a Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people, a lot of rap elitists that probably would say, well, that shit's not hip hop. You know what I mean? Right. That shit's not rap. You know, mm-hmm. it's that's sort of the effect that I think metal had in the 90s. Yeah. Um, in a lot of ways, which I think is kind of why you can almost compare that stuff to some of the trap metal that's going on today, you know? And so yeah, I can see that. It's just really interesting. Yeah. It's interesting how metal, how a lot of people, I, I do think thrash metal also was kind mm-hmm. of, despite Metallica being as big as they always have been. But then Megadeth also was really successful in the nineties. You know, yeah, they um, weren't as successful as Metallica. <laughs> not even close. Anthrax was fairly successful in the nineties. Slayer, fairly. yeah, fair, yeah, and then and then Slayer kind of went new metal to try and be a little successful just for for that one 
Slayer Slayer might possibly be the second most shouted out like thing at concerts where people are like, you know, well, number one, where people are, are like trying jokingly. Cool. <laughs> yeah, or they're jokingly trying to tell you to play something when you're right. like in like some acoustic band, play some Slayer. Yeah. Or Freebird. Well, I was gonna say number one is Freebird. Yeah, for sure. My favorite thing to shout is one more song. <laughs> like, like in the middle of the set. So I, like, so like after like two songs, one more song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, some other things I like to do. I like to take. I like to film or take pictures of what someone else is filming or taking pictures of. <laughs> I think that's really fun. The other one is if everyone's holding their phones up, I'll just hold my phone up too, but I'll bring up a picture of like hog testicles or, or something. Yeah, something then, like really like everyone has to see that. <sighs> yeah, so man, what, we've what did we've, we learn uh, today? Well, what we learned was that um I, I don't even know. Eh, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> who, uh, cares? <laughs> who cares? That's that's what that's the takeaway from this show. Yes. Uh, but anyway, thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening. And, and uh, uh, tell your friends. And tell all your friends. Hit us up on social Subscribe media. to us on the Apple or Spotify or wherever. Wherever mm-hmm. you're hearing this currently, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, wherever. Yeah. Wherever you may roam. <laughs> What is oh, is that? What is that? Metallica? Yeah. <laughs> Wherever I may. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Right. Thank- <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Oh. Are you going to stay on, Eric, after? Yeah. Okay, cool. Can I mean, go click? <laughs> well, yeah, sure. <laughs>